in the tabernacle of the living God. This is where the people come together to give him praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was going to ask you to clap your hands, but I didn't have to do that. There's a people here today that are filled with the Spirit of God, and they know what praise is about. And that's important for us to know as apostolics. Amen. Praise God. God is good. God is so good. All right. And beginning just with a few words, Pastor, I want to give honor to you because I think I forgot to do it last week. But even so, I know that he doesn't keep count. So that's a good thing. He's not. He's like, hey, you didn't do that. He just sits there, and I, and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate uh, his giving, him giving us the opportunity to come up here and share God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. And of course, I, I thank my family as well. They're, they're, a, they're part of my backbone. And, and, and not to forget, even the congregation that's here and those that watch through the media, they are part of our, our support. Are, are they not? Amen. Praise God. They need to hear that. You're part of the support as well. Lastly, uh, and I just want to thank those who have done the work of the Lord and, and continue to push. You know who you are. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all of heart. It's nothing that we seek uh, any kind of glory from anyone. And in doing that, we want to give thanks to God for that. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a heart to do your will and not ours. Sacrificial is what the word says, is a sacrificial work. With that being said, we'll go to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. The first one was to give praise to God. This one is, is, is a little shorter, but it's got strength and power behind it. And it says, Proverbs 25, verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And if you would pray with me for the word and for the anointing of the Holy Ghost within us to bring life, to revive, to re, uh, reiterate these things into our lives. Lord, we pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, as you allow us to remember your word. Lord, Lord, we have hid your word in our heart that we may not sin against you, Lord. Lord, we ask, oh God, that as you look into us, oh God, you purify us, Lord. Lord, we're not perfect, Lord, but we're walking, Lord, as best as we can. We're seeking your face every day. And because we seek your face every day, no, Lord, we know that one day, Lord, we will stand before you, Lord. We will stand in your presence and be grateful, Lord God, because you have brought us through this trial. You have brought us through this trial. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. The scripture says, the very first one I read, it says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, and the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. I believe that many of us at times have prayed this prayer for whatever reason. I think it always comes in a time when we're distressed or we're going through some hard times. We, we're struggling and we don't know how to get through it. But the Bible says if we cry out unto him, he will hear our cries. We needed his protection at times. Sometimes it was right away. And other times the Lord delivered us not as quickly as others. But it's not because he didn't deliver you. Uh, even at that point in time, it's just because at that moment in time, he thought it a little bit differently. He says, it's best if I hold your hand and walk you through this one. He didn't leave you. He just needed you to walk through that. And through that, God helps us to grow in faith. He helps us to regulate our concerns. He allows our faith to grow. And this is through his promises. So the title of this message, as you probably have seen up here already, regulated by the Holy Ghost. The first scripture that I read to you before, uh, Proverbs, 
It tells us about the rule over our own spirit. It talks about a city that is broken down. It's almost without walls. It's what it seems like. And in doing that, many times I think that we look at these scriptures, and, and I, I think and we preached about it quite a bit, where we talk about the laws of God. And so I remember a time where Amida, I spoke about it, but I don't think I was very clear on it. Or maybe, maybe I didn't explain it as God wanted me to explain it. Maybe I was a little bit on a delay. I wasn't sure. But I always like to come back to this because I think at times we look at the laws and they look like they're judgment. And they are, they're, they're not so much of a judgment. They're more of a direction is the way I would want you to refocus, to look at the scripture. When, when Jesus says certain things, it's not because he's condemning us, but it's because he wants to deliver us. God's laws, the Bible says, are written in our hearts. The laws, and the standards are almost like walls. They're here to regulate something, but to control What? A wall controls many things, and sometimes these walls don't have to be pretty high, but they do regulate their surroundings. That is what walls pretty much do. Some of us might say within ourselves that we don't like walls. Some of us have heard of walls that have been built recently, and they, they tend to keep people out of certain places, and, and in some cases it's good, in other cases it's not so good. I've had conversations where People are trying to come over the border, and I, and I always go back to this, that, you know, if we want to help people, but we also want to make sure that the people that are coming over, they're not just coming here to cause destruction. We want them to come here and, and have a good living. We want them to be okay, but if, if they're coming here to cause destruction, as I heard over this, this past week, I would rather that they hold them at their territory where they are, stay behind those walls, and to protect those that are here and actually want to do something good with their lives. I'm not saying that everybody within the confines or walls of the United States is a good person. But what I'm saying is I think we have enough going on here, do we not? God help us. Some of us might be having a hard time, and I, and I spoke earlier about the walls, but... I think that one of the things that makes it difficult for us to accept is we, we don't seem to have, <clears throat> we, we tend to struggle with it. And the reason we struggle with it is because I don't think we have at times enough explanations or, or a reason on why the wall is there. For instance, uh, if, the, if a wall in a building is designed to deter a fire, I think we would be grateful for that. We know that it's, it's for that if it says firewall. And then, of course, we also have other other walls that would actually uh, help in holding back water. I mean, not only would they hold back water to save a life, but also to possibly save an entire city. And I think we've seen disasters where things like that have happened. So walls are not so bad. And so are the laws of God not so bad either. They're not actually bad at all. It just depends on through which lens we looking at, we're looking at them through. And at times that we are, we are so thankful when the walls that are, up, that are of protection are up. You know, we're grateful for the people who came up with it. We're grateful because they're up. We're grateful because we have that security based on those walls. But so are the laws of God. They are a certain kind of wall. It is a kind, certain kind of security. The Bible tells us that the laws are the, the schoolmaster for us to have learned from. But as we know it, 
Not every wall is sound. Some walls have been torn down and need to be rebuilt to serve its purpose. In John chapter 2 verse 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. This is Jesus and, and, and we know that he is talking about the temple of his body. He was saying it needed to be broken. Destroyed, I guess you could say, would be kind of a similar sense. But even in that, he said, I will raise it up in three days. God wanted us to also break this body. God also wanted us to seek his face. And, of course, we wouldn't have to wait three days. We could be resurrected instantly. The salvation and the blood that was spilt in Calvary allows us to walk through this through this process without having to be crucified, without having to be beaten, without having to go through any suffering. Not saying that we're not going to go through any suffering. But there we have in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 1 through 5. And I, and I want to bring this up just for a little bit because it says, There is therefore no condemnation to them that are which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, have made me free from the law of sin and death. And I want to repeat that. For the law of the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Whose flesh? And here it's pertaining to our flesh. Our flesh, not the Lord's flesh. Because the following, if you hear this, it makes mention of his flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Through his body, he condemned that which was sinful. He had a sinful body, but he had no sin in him. That the righteousness, hear this, of the law might be fulfilled in us. In us. How, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, after the spirit, the things of the spirit. The law here, and, and, and I wanted to put a little more emphasis because it says here, that the law was 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 it had it had it had a weakness in it. It had a weakness in it because the law stood for every Jew that was born. Every Jew that was born had to obey these laws. If they disobeyed the laws, we can go through Scripture and find that even to the time of Jesus, they were stoned to death. I mean, we have they they, they Stephen was made a martyr. I mean, he was stoned because he was supposed to be blaspheming, but he wasn't, as we know it. And the reason they did that is because it was according to the law. They were, even up to that point, still the law was being enforced. And can I tell you that even today, that law is still enforced, but they don't kill anymore. They just excommunicate you. They remove you. They push you out. You're not to come back in. You're not one of us anymore. You've done something that we don't like. And coming back, it's, 
you know, is, and, and I, and I want to I wanna really emphasize is walk not after the flesh. Walk not after the flesh. And even before that. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. And I, I, got, I had this image of Jesus where the Bible says that we are to fulfill. We, are to, we, we, we fulfill the law through our actions. And it was only through the blood of Jesus that this law was made right. And the blood was shed because of a love he had for humanity. Humanity didn't have a chance. As we, none of us had a chance. And so as I said earlier, the Jews had, had, had this law that was upon them and it was pressed upon them. And they couldn't come out of it, but only through Christ Jesus. So I want you to picture, this, this is the image that the Lord gave to me and I want to share it with you. When, when, the, when the Jews stood, they stood, again, I, I said earlier, their walls are pretty much high. The laws were set. Moses, God gave Moses the laws, and they obeyed him, and they followed him. They did anything wrong, then God was going to deal with them, and it was done as it was said. But when Jesus came back, things changed a little bit. And no longer, they no longer stood high. The blood, the blood took down the walls. He, he, now, the Bible says he, he came, and he, he says he didn't, he didn't come to abolish it. But I'm taking down the walls because I want you to come to me. And I'm going to set you where you are, and I'm going to be with you. You're baptized in my name. You're now filled with my spirit, and there you are. But now I want you to start building the walls. Read my word, and it will build you up. It will strengthen you. How high the wall goes is up to you. Holiness, how high do we build it? In Nehemiah chapter 2, we have Nehemiah who's crying out to God, and he is saddened. He's saddened, and, and the reason he's saddened is because somebody came and gave him word. And we know, that we know I won't go through the, the entire thing, but he's crying out to the Lord. He's praying. He's fasting in chapter 1, chapter 2. He's over here looking, seeking uh, the, the king, and the king says, why are you so sad? From one day to another, why are you so sad? And he begins to pour out his heart. He says, how can I be joyful when where my people are from, there's reproach there. There's shame there. Because the walls have been torn down. The walls have been torn down. And he says, I, and he said, could, could you give me permission to go build the walls? Would you allow me to? And he did. He allowed him to go and build walls. And, of course, you know, here's something. He didn't tell everybody. He didn't tell, any, not, he didn't tell too many people. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he went in there, and he was looking at everything. He went around, and he was checking the walls. And he checked certain places. And there were certain places where he couldn't come through. So he went another way. But then he began to speak to someone. And then he said, hey, let's build these walls. And they joined him. And not only did they join, if you continue to read, you're going to find that as they continued to repair the, uh, repair the wall, there were some people that came along, and you know what they said? They weren't very happy that they had come to build these walls back up. There are going to be things in our lives at times that we are trying to build our walls up a little higher, and sometimes there's going to be people out in the world, and, and maybe even people that you come across to every day, they might say, hey, why go to church? 
What's so, what's so good about it? Why, why continue to go? What, what, are, you, what are you learning? I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. And I think I just drank pastor's water. <laughs> or whoever's water that is. And so, can I get my water? And so we're here, here uh, they're, they're, the, the walls are being, uh, thank you, the walls are being built up and there's confrontation and there's a fight. There was something about building up the walls because something within the building was important to someone. It was important to the people of God. Nehemiah knew this, Ezra knew this, the, pe- the Jewish people knew this. But the question is, why didn't they get built up sooner? For, for, for whatever reason it was, it just didn't happen as they expected it to. So the building of the walls, there's, there's a representation of our walls. That where we stand, God begins to work in our hearts. And last time I was up here, I, po- I spoke about the perfection of, of the Lord in us. We are not perfect, but we are made perfect through him because his word perfects us. And it continue, continues to leads us, lead us in that direction that one day we may get to heaven. Where you are in your place right now is, main, is not going to be with, don't compare to somebody else. You're not going to be where I'm at. I'm not going to be where you're at. And, and nobody's going to be. All you have to do is this. Don't worry about where one is. Instead, focus on your life and say, God, I want to grow today in you. I want to build the wall up of glory, Lord God, for you. Now, how high, again, I mentioned how high the, the wall goes. It's going to be dependent upon upon you now I believe that when God builds it he doesn't build it so low I think he does give us a a little bit hey you know what up to about the waist you know right about here guys that's where I want you to it's it's my grace and my mercy it doesn't mean that you can't leave you could jump the wall if you wanted to but remember there's only one way in one way out and it's through Jesus the temple had two doors Jesus is the the way the truth and the life amen and if we know that then we know that if, if we don't want to jump walls, we don't want to go against whatever it is that God has set for us, especially our convictions. Our convictions count a lot, especially when we have people who are looking at us or down at us. I should say down at us, but looking, you know, looking at us as, as examples. So here the king allows him and Nehemiah, in, uh, and I'm going to go to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 3. And he said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city and the place of my father's sepulchers lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. So the, the gates were burned. I'm not saying that our gates are burned, but we should protect them. We should put some, uh, what do you call that, fire deterrent paper or whatever. Keep them from, and how do you do that? Prayer. Walls are made to regulate something. It's either going to keep something in or it's going to allow some, it goes either way. Keep something in or keep something from getting out. But most of the time, it's to protect something on the inside. And I said earlier, sometimes we, uh, that, that wall sometimes, it, and some of you have been there where we get that temptation like, you know what, I wonder what's on the other side. Is it something that I could maybe, you know, I don't know. And if it's high enough, you could get hurt jumping that, jumping the fence or jumping the wall if it's wide enough. 
or I should say high enough. And just to give you another, just an, another, uh, an image of what, so it, our, our, the wall doesn't only get higher, it, it thickens, it widens itself. And so it, it, as it widens itself, so I'm just going to give you an example. If, if the church is here, you, you guys are the church, obviously you guys are the church, but if there's an inch wall thick, uh, a wall that's about an inch thick, it's only about an inch thick. But the further I build the wall, the further I get away from the body. So I want to stay with the body, but I want the wall to grow thicker against the world. So there's, it's a two-way street here. They've got to grow high, and I've got to grow distant from the world. I don't want to be caught up in the things of the world. I want to, and again, we build it up over time. It's not something that comes to us immediately. It's a growth thing. It's a, and I'm going to say it's a spiritual thing through the Holy Ghost. I think we can all agree uh, that at times we put up walls because we're either hurt or we're either confused of something or, or we're just un uncertain of certain things. Let me put up a wall. But I'm going to tell you that if, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, our walls should not be up. There is a greater power within us than it is of the world. And this is assuming that we have grown spiritually and we are prayed up and we're fasting and we're reading and we're saturated in God's word. And I was just sharing with, with my wife. I said, you know something? I just sit there and I just soak. I soak. I soak. And she said, you're saturated. Yes. And then the tears begin to flow because God starts to bring things to memory. And I think even, and I, I speak in the behalf of this, the preacher. Sometimes you're just sitting in your car and God begins to give you words and you begin to preach to yourself. And this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And I begin to preach and I'm thinking, Lord, is this for me? Well, yeah, well, you know, you preach to yourself, don't you? Yes, I do, Lord. And then I come home and I share it with my family and, and they're thinking, okay, it's a Bible study. It's a Bible study. Praise the Lord. So in doing so, the walls are built up. They're made to keep things in, and sometimes they're made to, to keep things out. Uh, I'm going to bring you into Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 16. And it says, a certain man, uh, we know this one, had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And we know the scripture. We know this is the prodigal son. It says, when he had spent all, there he arose a mighty famine, and in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So he left his father's house. He left the, 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 the ruling that was before him. His, his father had given him instruction. This man, I believe, was someone who uh, Jesus spoke of him. And, you know, there's two parables. Actually, this is the third one. The first one is about the, the 99. The second one is about the lost coin. And then this one comes in. And uh, it was interesting to see that the first two were of something that was lost. 
And then this specific one, it wasn't something that was lost. It was someone who left and got lost. And when he left, he spent everything. Everything. He stepped out of the walls. He stepped out of that safety net. And he decided to do all that he wanted to do. All that he wanted to do. And then the scripture came just like it does. It always builds up. Matthew 26, uh, 16, 26. For what, for what is a man profiteth if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And, of course, I, I put Mark down and Luke as well because they're all very similar scriptures. But in Luke 9.25, it says, For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? Pushed off. I'm not saying that he wasn't ready to listen. I believe that he already heard God's word. I believe that this father was teaching him and preaching to him in a sense. Son, this is not a good thing, but he didn't care. Something had to happen. Something had to happen to this young man. And as most of us have heard, that he had to hit what they call rock bottom. When you hit rock bottom, something begins to happen to you. You, begin, you, you start to lose hope. You start to become desperate. And this is exactly what this, man, uh, this young man did. He became desperate. He went and joined himself to a citizen. And he began to, to feed the swine. And that which was feeding looked luscious to him. It made him uh, wonder, you know, it's, I could probably eat this and have a good meal. But that's not what was there for him. God wanted to teach him something in a sense, not that he would be, and, and I'm going to say not only him, but even us ourselves, because the scriptures are written, and I, and I, I kind of, look at it and how he got the Lord was was wise in how he did this how he he built on the lost coin uh, he built on the lost sheep and, you know he, you're going to go and look for it and when you find it you can it says he puts him on you know grabs and puts him on his neck or he I, I can't recollect and when they find the coin they oh, he tells everybody and they rejoice and then with the son that comes back there's a rejoicing because that which was lost is found this young man wanted to restore something that he had given up. The laws that were written in his heart were somehow forfeited for a time. It didn't stop him from going to where he wanted to go. He wanted to make sure, you know what, I, my, the, right now it, I got money. I'm okay. I don't need God. I've got money. I don't need God. I can just, I just go, go enjoy myself and I'm going to be just fine. But money doesn't make people happy. It's not money. It's, it's God. And if God has blessed you with wealth, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I wanted to share a little something that um, maybe I'll hold off on that, seeing what, what we got. Just a few more minutes, I think. Uh, some time ago, and I'm going to say years ago, I was, in, I, was, I, was, I was in the temple. I was here. I was praying. As a matter of fact, there were several of us here praying on a Tuesday night. And I remember uh, being here and thinking, Lord, you know, um, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to, I'd like, and, you know, we always say that I'd like. And then when God shows you something and then all of a sudden it puts fear in your heart, you wonder, Lord, why did you show me that? And it's because I think God wants to wake us up. 
every moment of our life is a building up of our faith in him. He wants to shake our ground. He wants to, hey, you know, this is what's happening, and, and, and be aware of it. And I, re- I recollect I was, I was, and I'm not going to say I was in a dream because I know that I was here. And I remember almost as if I was walking, almost, I guess you could say, in a heavenly place. And there was a temple there. And these walls didn't, they weren't just walls. These walls, if you looked up, you couldn't see them. You could see no end to them. And I wondered, why are these walls so high? Maybe I read the scriptures and I, I, perhaps the Lord kind of engraved that and said, hey, this is what it's like. But the doors were all so tall. The doors were unable for me or anybody to open, to be honest with you. They were just huge. And I remember I was praying. I was looking at this place and I went all the way around the building and there were no other doors but the ones in the front. And I was crying out to God and I began, I remember that in my, in my prayer I was, I was weeping and I was crying out to God. I said, God, what is going on? And I, went, I took my hands against the door, and I began to bang on these doors that, 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 it would, that they would open. And I was praying. And I wasn't just, I wasn't just praying. I was praying in the spirit. I, was, I, was, I almost felt like I was fighting, and I was sweating. And I was thinking, Lord, open. And eventually, you know what happened? These doors opened. These doors opened, and we were starting to walk in. It's nothing that I had done. It's just sometimes God wants to see if you really want to come in. Are you really willing to hold up these, these laws? Are you really willing to hold up my word? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The young man who struggled to get back home. We know the story. He, he started coming back home, and as he did, the brother was there. We recollect that. We, if we read, the brother was there, and he was upset at his father because he had not ever done that for him. Why did you do that for him? Why did you do that for me? And the father tells him, listen, all that I have is thine. I never withheld it from you. I think this is kind of... Um, a moment where at times when we see somebody come back into the church and we begin to at times, we're, we're, we're trying to live for God. We're fighting the good fight. We're trying to stay in it. And when we see someone come in, I think it's time to say, hey, you know what? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm going to pray with you. Is that okay? I want to pray with you. You know why? Because I want to help you just like Nehemiah asked for help to build your walls. I want to help to bring back that for you. I care about you that much. I know there's something inside of you that is special. I know there's something that belongs to God, and God wants you to protect it, and I want to help you protect that as well. I want to help you protect that as well. And sometimes they're going to come in here just like, the, just like the, this, this young man who, who came back, came back to his father. We don't know if he smelled like alcohol. We, we don't know that. I know that for me, when I came to the Lord, I don't think it was a week that I had drank alcohol. Been a week, maybe if that, maybe less. But one thing was for sure that when I found myself in a place where I knew there was a conviction in my heart and God was changing my life, I wanted to pour the alcohol down the drain And you know what? I came home and I didn't even get that opportunity because my wife had beat me to it. 
I asked her, where is that? Where are those bottles? Where are they? She says, they're in the trash. And I go to get the bottles so I can dump them. And I said, where's the? She says, I dumped them down the drain. No chance of it coming back. No chance of me saying, hey, you know what? I want another sip. No chance, no opportunity. Now, I had already given it up. But even so, I wanted, I wanted the pleasure of pouring it down the drain. I just wanted to pour it down. It's almost like laughing in the devil's face. They said, listen, you thought this had a hold of me, but there's something greater in my life here today. And it's the spirit of the living God, and his name is Jesus. And he died for my sin, and because of that, I live again. It's not I who live, but Christ who liveth in me. And you begin to recite that, and you begin to remember that God is a rewarder. Praise the Lord. God's doors are always open, never shut. God's doors are always there. People say, uh, you know, you, you can run to the Lord, and you can. But you can also turn around, and he's going to be right there for you. He has been waiting for you all this time. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you as long as you say, hey, Lord, I'm going to walk in your statutes. I'm going to walk according to your word. And, Lord, I want to please you, Lord Jesus. Cry out to God. Let the windows of heaven pour down on you. A glorious work. Christ is alive here today. We have been given a, a, a power, a spiritual given power to, to, to pray, to open doors, and to close doors. That same gift that God gave to the, the apostles is the same gift that dwells within us. And all we have to say, as I said last week, or the week that I said, stir up the gift within you. Stir up the gift within you. And out of you, out of your mouth, shall pour the praises of God, the rivers of living water. I had the opportunity of, of coming to a church uh, I can't remember what Sunday it was. And Sister Allie and, and uh, Sister, um, forgive me, Sister, <laughs> Belinda, memory lapse there. And as I'm coming over here, I'm having one of those moments with God. And God is, is ministering to me. And again, and, and then I'm also preaching to myself because, you know, it, it, God's word is, is mighty and powerful. And God began to speak to me and he says, Listen, I will choose who I want to choose. Woman or man, I will choose. And I will speak to them. And I will work through them. And I will anoint them. And the reason that is, is because the Bible says that it is by his spirit. It is, he gives us the words to say. He reminds us of what we need to say. And, it, and again, I'm just going to repeat this. At times we say, I don't know if that was true or not. I'll tell you what. Hold on to it. Hold on to it because if it was, you won't regret it. But if it was not, you've not lost anything. You've not lost anything. Praise the Lord. So we have Nehemiah building up the walls. We have Jesus who has perfected the law. Nothing that we could done. He did it all by himself. He did it by the blood. We know that at the cross, he was able to overcome death. The Bible tells us that through this cross, uh, we have access. And I, I, when I say cross, I'm talking about the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about the sacrifice. Without the sacrifice, there is no way for us to get there. There is 
So, but a part of that, there's also our words that come into action. Um, brother, a few of them are bro- our brothers that preached up here spoke on some things that I was going to share. And uh, one of them was that our decisions that we make should never be based on what at times other people think. If you feel moved in the spirit, I believe that as long as it lines up to God's word, you need to obey that. However, if it does not line up with God's word, I would say be very careful. Because remember, God's laws are still his commandments. His commandments are in our hearts. And because they're in our hearts, if we disobey, then we know that something, as Jesus once said to one of them, uh, he says, uh, I think it was the, the, the lame man, he said, don't go, you know, go sin no more. Let something greater come upon thee. And I'm not saying that that would happen to us. I would hope not. I think we would make the decisions of doing things the right way. I think uh, that at times if we do things unintentionally, and I've mentioned this before, that God is good to forgive us. He is, as the Bible says, and I shared this recently, that there are sins that are uh, not unto death. And if they're not unto death, then that's a good thing. But generally, those are sins that we have committed. uh, And there we go. We went blank. We have committed those sins not knowing And because we didn't know them, God doesn't hold us accountable. Very much as if we went into, well, here we are. And he says, this is, uh, and you won't have this. 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. It says, if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask. And he shall give him life for them that is not unto death. There There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All righteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. And I want to say that the sin unto death is that unintentional sin, that sin that we've done, and we don't realize it. And here he's saying, but somebody's going to come and ask you and talk to you about it, but you're not condemned for it. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God, listen to this, keepeth himself, builds his walls. And that the wicked one toucheth him not. So as we build our walls for the Lord, of course, and also it protects us. Then there's a protection. He protects us. And in verse 20, and if we know that the Son of God is come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, the eternal and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. And in this this word, amen, I think we say, amen, everybody. No, he's saying, agree in this. He says, agree in this. This is a letter being sent. Agree in this. Let us agree in this. Agree in what? God's laws. We know that some of these things that I I went over here today are things that are in the Ten Commandments. But I'm pretty sure if we continue to look into scriptures, we're going to find that they are set uh, in other ways. The Lord has brought them forth in, in, in other forms or in other fashions. Not to confuse us, but for the one that didn't understand it this way, can understand it this way. We don't serve a God of confusion. We serve a God of clarity. If you didn't understand it the first time, the second time, 
the third time. You'll understand it the fourth time. <laughs> so don't fear. Just keep searching. Just, stay, just stay, stay with it. Just dig and continue to build your walls. Your walls, as I said, are based on what you have desired or you had desired to build. I think, uh, and I'm going to share a little something that came to my mind earlier uh, this, this, this week where I, and I know that uh, this brother, I can't remember what his name is. Billy Graham, Trinitarian preacher, great preacher, can grab you and pull you off your seat. There was times when I heard some of his preachings and I find myself in the altar. And the question is, why is that? Because some of the things that he said, and it, because it's his word, it's God's word, not Billy Graham's. And the conviction hit my heart and I remember weeping and crying and wondering, God, why am I crying at what a Trinitarian said? It's because it's God's word. It's alive. We don't teach the Trinity. We know that there's one true God. And he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end. The first and the last. In closing, if you would stand with me. Praise the Lord. Maybe it's a little soon. But I think I'm, I'm pretty much done here. We are in charge of our temple. We are in charge on how we build this temple. Now, God has purchased this body with his blood. But he still expects us to stand and to build and to say, you know what? This side over here seems a little, there's a few holes over here. There may be times where you have to build it and keep your sword in your hand and say, just to make sure nobody's coming in through the holes, I'm going to hold my sword out. Defend it. It's precious. It's, it's the one that's going to be there when Jesus comes back for the church. It's the one that's going to deliver you. It's the one that, that holds your spirit, your soul, and the Holy Ghost. All these three are going to be inside of you. Your soul is going to determine what kind of life you live. The Spirit is going to testify of you, but the Holy Ghost is going to be checking you. Say, hey, do you think you should be doing that? Do you think you should be saying that? Well, I thought it was, well, it's up to you. I'm giving you a choice. I mean, I'm here to guard this place, but I'm here to tell you that I paid for this with my blood. Are you willing to let go of that and follow me? Like the rich man. He said almost. He went sorrowful. Jesus loved him. But the same thing. There was something about him that he was so close, but yet he couldn't quite let go of that which he had. The Bible says he had many possessions. Our treasures are not to be stored in, in this place. Things that we possess, if we have great wealth, we have great things, you know, Let's pray that we use it for the kingdom. When you have something that, that is, I don't know, whatever it may be. If you travel, it's because you're, in, you're working in the ministry. You're seeking God's face. And, or maybe you're, you're, you're taking a travel because you need to be away. And Lord, I need to be away just for a moment. Lord, I need to reestablish myself, Lord. 
I need to find, Lord God, your love in me again. Because for some reason, Lord, the walls have become thin between, between me and you, Lord. My walls have not, are not high, Lord God. Somehow they, they dwindle down. They've got holes in them, Lord. And I want to build them again. And I said earlier, come back. Find someone who is, who's coming back. Don't look at them strange. But say, hey, brother. Hey, sister. How you doing? Praise God. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Man, you mind if I pray with you right now? you mind if I help you build these walls? Because you are a glory unto God. You are the temple of the living God. Praise the Lord. You would sing with us here today. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Of the Lord, that's where you'll find. 